podcast where we process politics, sex, and the unrelenting firehose of bullshit in the news through an unapologetically feminist lens. Each week we vent about the news, go deep on one important issue, call out terrible things happening below the top headlines in a segment called We See You, and then we end with something hopeful. Just a reminder, if you're enjoying us, to rate, review, subscribe, recommend us on Apple Podcasts or, you know, wherever you are listening. You can give us a review. It helps people find us. If you want to support us in um, a different way, aka with those dollar bills, Kofi, K-O-F-I, you can find us by searching Feminist Without Mystique. Today is our 200th episode. Woo! Yeah. Um, Pretty crazy. We started this thing in 2018, in like October of 2018. Jesus Christ. And it's now March 2023. Yeah, almost five years. Um, pretty cool. <laughs> we, um, yeah. So today we were gonna just kind of as a main topic, just think about the things that have changed and like, you know, what's happened in the last five years. <laughs> um, yeah, and just kind of reflect for our two hundredth episode. But as we've been doing more and more, we'll also do a little bit of a. What's the phrase you use? Not a news dump, but a news chart. <laughs> yes, a few a few items uh, to discuss, but not like one of the ones where we talk about like ten different things. Maybe like four or five, little, maybe more than a chart, less than a dump. I don't know what you call that. Like a regular poop, <laughs> or maybe a poo. Okay, a poo feels like in between chart and dump to yeah. me. Yeah, I guess it's a very personal. Um, it's a personal thing, you know, <laughs> how we how we categorize this. So, um, yeah, and obviously incredibly important, you know, incredibly <laughs> to get it. Let's get this right. Let's talk about this more. Um, great. Uh, should we make like our bells and get moving? Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's dive in. The Oscars happened and that's a fun one. It's like nice because it's not quite as it's not there's a lot of shit that happened in the last week. Um mm-hmm. and it feels like there's not a whole lot to talk about with the Oscars just because it was actually kind of went back to being boring and predictable um mm-hmm. in ways that were kind of nice after the like after COVID for a couple of years and then there was the slap last year which mm-hmm you know, was talked, talked about to death. Um, and the Oscars this year had like a crisis team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but there were some nice things that came out of it. Um, Michelle Yeoh winning best actress and Kei Kwan winning for best actor, um, or sorry, best supporting actor. Um, seeing Jamie Lee Curtis win was good. I don't know. There was, there were some good and just seeing everything everywhere all at once, pick up like a whole bunch of awards. So I don't really have a whole lot of like in-depth, interesting things, interesting commentary, but uh, just that like it was nice to see a movie that a lot of people like actually saw and mm-hmm. that was actually unique in a lot of ways win. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not a huge fan of just nominating like um, Avatar because like because a lot of people saw it like, oh, it must be a great movie. It's sort of like that's not really what I want the Oscars to be. But I love when like there's a movie that actually is like wonderful and unique and moving and all these things and 
a lot of people saw it. Like there's the best picture that feels mm-hmm. reflective of like what a best picture aspirationally or like feels like the platonic ideal of a best picture is something like everything everywhere all at once. Yeah. And it's not all like white people, you know, mm-hmm. it's just a nice, a nice Quinn to see. Um, yeah. I liked Lady Gaga's stripped down performance um what are your thoughts on the champagne versus the red carpet do you have <laughs> do you have, some people were very opinionated yeah that's so funny I didn't care yeah I kind of um, like it yeah yeah but I was classy like, like whatever I don't yeah it was kind of nice to see it was a little mm-hmm. like it was soft on the eyes a little mm-hmm. bit like not as you know I and I don't think that I think you could always say it's the red carpet and it can mm-hmm. it can always be like a turn of phrase, but you don't always have to have a red carpet. Right. It doesn't have to be literally red. Um, <laughs> so that was nice. I missed what the Hugh Grant drama was. I saw he did some interview and some people were upset. I don't even know what, what that was about. I missed that I to look <laughs> into that, what that was. Didn't. Um, oh, I mean, it just goes to show how boring the Oscars were. That was like a top one, you know, and I saw that too. Like, yeah. it was awkward. Like he, um, he, he, there was an interviewer who was just trying to ask him questions and he was just not giving her any answers. And it was sort mm. of like, well, then why did you come over and talk to her? Like she was giving it her all. She was trying, she was, she was trying to pull things out. For like, And he just wouldn't, he was just being kind. It was kind of. Uh, dickish I mean it wasn't yeah. it wasn't like he was in I felt like it wasn't oh he's just like ruffled and obtuse in a charming way it was sort mm-hmm. of like you're making her look dumb and this is awkward and like why would why would you talk to her if you were gonna do this you know yeah that sounds rude yeah it was rude I mean but it, and it also didn't it was kind of like I watched it and then I moved on with like the rest of my day, <laughs> yeah, my day. Like, all right yeah <laughs> yeah so nice a nice uh drama free relatively Oscars and and I always I have like mixed feelings about the Oscars in general like I've always like growing up I always would go to watch parties and I really like a part of me really loves it Mm -hmm. um and also sees like the value for like when it can elevate things like everywhere everything everywhere all at once and stuff like that and then there's a part of me that's just like all these fucking people in a room like <laughs> yeah. jerking each other off who don't need yeah. any more fucking accolades the thing is some of them like there are those historic wins or are those like moments where you feel like you're seeing a change and you're seeing a celebration of something that should be celebrated that isn't always you know yeah um so i don't i don't know but yeah i was i approved for anyone who was worried or concerned, I approved of this year's Oscars. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I, I agree. I think that um, it can be really, um, like, self-aggrandizing. And mm-hmm. um, what I think would be really cool is if they just leaned into, like, this is for either people. This is for people who are really, like, interested in cinema. So, like, cinephiles, like, mm-hmm. actually. And then teaching people like having montages that are actually really interesting or moving or like introduce people to new films new concepts Mm -hmm. like across the world I think that um someone made a really interesting point someone somewhere made an interesting point that about how Gen Z actually um they're super interested in like long form YouTube videos where they learn where they are learning things it's not Mm -hmm. not necessarily documentaries that they're going towards but they are finding like 
or long TikToks, like long mm-hmm. videos in which they learn things about the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like the Oscars could be an opportunity to teach people about film in a way that isn't boring. It's really like interesting, but you're not gonna, that's not going to happen if you're just trying to get eyeballs. I think, I think interest, like weirdly, if they just tried to actually strip down to kind of the core of what, of what the the craft is or like what move like what movies are out that people liked but also like what else is going on in the world of cinema mm-hmm. and what has gone on and what are we like you know keep it it's a craft it's a whole thing like you could lean into that it doesn't always have to be like room room and like stars it could be and and I don't know I think I think you might they might be surprised they the oscar people you know the overlords might be surprised at how how much play that actually would get in the long term yeah it would be cool if like cuz i feel like the oscars shines when it is like a true celebration of like the art of cinema rather than like oh celebrities shabba do you know yeah exactly exactly yeah. i mean how many times are we having two celebrities who are like super famous in the moment, like glitzy doing an introduction about like, Oh, the importance of editing. It's like, Mm -hmm. and trying to be funny, but also like (laughs) we um, like very meta. It's like, okay. I mean, there's only so much of this, like anyone can bear. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Well, when when we're in charge, yep. Mm -hmm. We'll we'll do it our way and the world will fall to its (laughs) knees in appreciation. (laughs) Exactly. Wonderful. Exactly. Um, oh, I feel like there's one more. Th- oh, one more thing, just like Oscar related, that I think is kind of interesting, or just my own plug. I watched um, the remake of All Quiet on the Western Front, and I. It, it won four Academy Awards. Like, that was a perfect amount for it to win. It didn't It didn't and shouldn't have, like, swept everything or – but whatever. But people are super, I've noticed, dismissive of, like, biopics and war films. And, like, I – this is just, like, a personal plug for, like, the biopics and war films because it feels like we repeat – we're repeating and repeating and repeating these, like, heinous mistakes and crimes – and also, like, electing people who are, you know, trending in fascist directions. Mm-hmm. And honestly, like, people are super dismissive of of the these the genres of biopics and, and of war films. And I feel like, yes, they can be really upsetting, but they're also, I don't know, like, if you're exposing yourself to something that really actually happened, like, all quiet on the Western fronts about world war one. It's about like the pointlessness of war. The original one was banned in Germany because it was, a, um, came out around right, right before world war two. So it was banned because they wouldn't, you know, of course they don't want to have soldiers thinking about their whole, you know, their lives and existence just being basically like cannon fodder mm-hmm. in, within like 20 years of the last war. Anyway, like, I don't know. I think there's just a lot. They're actually, when they're well done and even when they're not super well done, which I thought this movie was, I just kind of, I think it's easy to be dismissive and um, there's actually like a lot to some of these movies and I'm, and like we could learn from them if we weren't kind of constantly just like putting them all in the same box. Yeah. Didn't yeah. even know I had that in me. I was just like, wait, <laughs> and one more thing. One more thing. All right. All right. So here, 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 here. Yes. All right. What's up next on our on our 
shark talk. On our shark talk. Our, I think we decided on our poo. poo. We did. Our we poo. did. You're right. Um, uh, bank. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bank God. question mark. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, God, where to even begin with this? <laughs> Silicon Valley. Oh, God, we have to go to Sam Bankman for you, too. But. Silicon Valley bank collapse and then other banks and ah um so Silicon Valley which when until I was in high school I thought Silicon Valley was somewhere where like there were a lot of like wealthy white women with like boob jobs because I my, thought that too okay I thought oh my yes. god okay that actually brings me a lot of comfort and peace to know that yes. I wasn't the only idiot out there like making that assumption because I was thinking of Silicon in terms of implants you know yes I um, did think that yeah well good so there we uh, then there must be dozens of us out there <laughs> basically there was a flurry of people going to get their money and the Silicon Valley Bank did not have enough cash to pay um, the depositors so the bank was closed yeah, they had to sell those assets that were losing money at like um, a $2 billion loss. And then they told people about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, like people who were in the know, like Peter Thiel, the billionaire mm. who we hate. And have, there's been many WCUs on this fucking asshole. Um, but Peter Thiel and a bunch of other wealthy um, billionaires in Silicon Valley and in, in the know encouraged like pulled their money out of out of the bank and encouraged mm-hmm. everyone in their like founders funds or like anyone that they were advising all these like it was it seemed like a literally a small a small community of very wealthy people who then um were investing in a lot of other things advised everyone in their group chat to get out of Silicon Valley Bank and there mm-hmm. was and that triggered the run on the bank like it was a small group of people, which included specifically Peter Thiel. I feel that that's important. Like, you know, mm-hmm. they're, and these are people who, um, if they hadn't pulled their money, uh, or even if they had, they could have like subsidized this loss. You know, they could have subsidized the two billion. They could have subsidized. They could have um, literally bailed out. They had they had enough money. These fucking people to bail mm-hmm. out everyone and every company. You know, because they're billionaires. <laughs> like, yeah. um, so it's just um, kind of from a from the perspective of like, okay, what caused the bank run? It's not like it's not like it was the everyman panicking about mm-hmm. their funds. It was a, a few billionaires who triggered it uh, and are triggering this like potential global instability uh, in the market. So it's, it's like, it's galling like from start to finish and we're not, it's not even finished, but like, I just, I'm going to just like keep kind of hammering that Peter Thiel and these people were at the start of it because that, that is relevant. <laughs> yeah. So it's whenever things like this, cause this, I, was this the second largest banking yep. collapse is what I believe I heard. Yeah. Since um, Lehman Brothers, I think in 2008. Yeah. We remember. T- and I, there are all these things I've seen. that's like, it's not 2008. It's very different. It's very different. Um, but I mean, there are some, I feel some obvious similarities despite yep. the, the perhaps nuanced uh, differences. And I was looking into it. I'm like, what? I obviously remember that, 2008 situation i remember when we were in the we were in the big apple yeah uh, occupy um yeah. 
And I was like, all right, well, what, what did that bailout do then? Mm-hmm. Um, and for in terms of people who directly benefited, the main winners were like the large unsecured creditors of large financial institutions. To a degree, taxpayers pay for bailouts and bailouts theoretically do like the banks do pay back the government but they also they come with the the cost of when you think about like incentives and banks and them taking on risks potential and granted with the silicon valley bank it, it seemed like the the investments or not the investments it seemed like it was like they were doing safe relatively safe investments and then things changed and it wasn't so safe anymore which is like well if things can change like that, mm-hmm. <laughs> isn't there kind of an inherent risk to that? And what is the incentive for banks to to not do these things if um, if they're going to get bailed out at the end of the day? And then with SVB specifically, um, it's and I guess with it in general, with like the bank bailout sitch, like who? The question I have is the average human being like how would they be impacted by a bailout versus not a bailout because it seems like the people who who uh benefit from it aren't really the everyman but then of course you think about the employees of these it's i I just feel like it's complicated i don't know (laughs) Yeah, I think what's really frustrating, there are lots of things that are frustrating about this. One of which is that a lot of the people who caused the bank run and who are who are screaming loudly, there's like mm-hmm. a joke about it being all caps Twitter over the over last weekend. The people that were screaming for the bailout are historically people who have who have identified as libertarian or conservative mm-hmm. and are constantly pushing for that and pushing for deregulation. Um I'm thinking specifically of David Sachs. Of he's a billionaire VC guy. Um, he has the podcast, the All In Podcast, and frankly, I listened to it with Campbell over the last weekend, and we were thinking like we both kind of looked at each other ten minutes in, and we're like, he's being a raging hypocrite. Like mm-hmm. this guy is. Um, because I listen to that podcast and I think they have smart, interesting things to say. Don't always agree. Frequently, frequently disagree. But I thought that the, I thought that David Sachs would have the grace of um, and like the humility to uh, understand that if he's pushing for a bailout now, it's only because it's his industry and he's closest to it. Mm-hmm. And it's not. But acknowledge the hypocrisy. Like, no, no, no. The, they... They won't. They won't. They think it's there. There's this language that has erupted around. Um, they're they're identifying as the victim here. Everyone hates tech. Like wah wah wah. And also there's a um, the the romanticizing of the tech industry. This like great the great American innovators. You know, mm-hmm. don't don't you want to bail out the great American innovators of of tech? <laughs> um, and I don't mean to sound dismissive because I. And this is another thing that pissed me off over the week. People, I'm going to use David Sachs as like the, you know, kind of representative of this group because I've seen a lot of them on Twitter, but he's just the one that I've, I I follow and I, I hear him and I like, so 
an argument that he was making over and over about a bail about the bailouts is this is not like big tech. These are the smaller, you know, people who have the like quote unquote like kind of mom and pop tech industry people who have just gotten an, like a series A or a ser- series whatever, like have just gotten enough money to kind of get up and running and you're going to squash them through something that's not their fault and they're not going to be able to run payroll. I'm sympathetic to that. I What I'm not, but I also, you know, I've, I, I feel like I've been taught, a lot of us have been talked down to by the t- these tech people over the last week saying like, you guys, you know, we're not Facebook. Like this is smaller tech companies. It's like, I am smart enough to understand this isn't Facebook we're talking about. I can grasp the nuance, which is that Silicon Valley Bank was irresponsible and didn't properly have any good risk assessment going on. It's a combination of bad risk assessment, taking bad bets with other people's money, being and then greedy executives, one of one of whom was like next to Trump pushing for lobbying when they signed that um, rollback of the Dodd-Frank regulations Mm -hmm. because he said because Silicon Valley Bank was a smaller bank, regional bank, didn't need as much regulation as those big as the big banks. Well, you motherfucker, obviously you did. Obviously you did need that regulation. You needed the tight restrictions. You need government oversight. Otherwise, you all come crawling over to the federal regulators and the FDIC to make good on money that is, you know, the FDIC insures up to like $200,000 of people's money at these banks. They knew that. (laughs) And like, Mm -hmm. they don't care. They want all their money, even though they knowingly, people knowingly took took that risk. And then the bankers who were investing, they didn't give a shit. I mean, it kind of comes down to two, like we, you know... Uh, two weeks ago, I just rewatched with people The Big Short. We just rewatched The Big Short. And so this is kind of fresh in my mind, but there's a whole monologue at the end by Ryan, um, Ryan Gosling's character, who's like a slick, you know, money guy at one of those slick Wall money guys. <laughs> Wall Street, uh, you know, Wall Street banks down there. Um, but they're talking about, and I, I mean, I remembered this and I'm not going to perfectly be able to quote it but he basically he's like after the fallout from the 2008 he's like and then what happened well all the banks like you know they were held accountable they went to jail they had big fines they were never allowed to work in finance again and then he goes just kidding none of that happened only one poor fuck went to jail and it was for like securities fraud that got discovered as a result of you know whatever no one went to jail no one was held responsible they were bailed out and um, at the end of the big short, Ryan Gosling's character said, they knew, they knew the taxpayers would bail them out. They weren't stupid. They just didn't care. I have a feeling in a few years, people are going to be doing what they always do in the economy tanks. They'll be blaming immigrants and poor people. So I just, mm. I'm kind of like, when are we going to get to the point where it does come to like, oh, somehow like the average person is blamed for Silicon Valley's reckless, you know, disregard for the money that people saved with them. Mm-hmm. Um, it is unfortunate, but I didn't think that we should have bailed the banks out in 2008. I don't think that too big to fail should exist mm-hmm. because it gives people an excuse to just 
Republicans constantly are sorry. Clearly, it's just like I've been thinking about this a lot because it's like, why am I so mad? Well, because Republicans constantly deregulation, personal mm-hmm. responsibility, except for when it fucking affects you. And then you want the government involved and you want all your money back as a handout. You know, I'm throwing your words back at you because like that's what you deserve. You know, like this is what you want. This is so it just mm-hmm. it fucking is enraging to me. You should there's nothing should be too big to fail. You should fail if you're reckless. You should go to jail if you are reckless. You should or, you know you should, you should be held accountable and there should be um consequences for your actions. Now, I I want the people who are who's it's not their fault that their their money was handled recklessly. I feel very torn on this. I want them to get their money back because like we're also we're all in a world where we're supposed to trust the experts, right? Like mm-hmm. if we had a business like say that Feminist Without Mystique was like making tons of money and we wanted to put it into a bank and we put it into Silicon Valley and suddenly they were like, "Oops, we don't your all your money's frozen." It would be like, "What the fuck you said this and we trusted mm-hmm. you." And if there's no trust, you know, everyone's going to go running to the the bigger banks, which isn't what we want either. We don't want them to have more of a monopoly. Sorry, I've got a wrap because I'm just like I'm. I'm just, but I <laughs> I just feel like I I um I worry that we're bailing Silicon Valley out. It's a bailout. It's a bailout because the taxpayers are gonna have to pay for it. On whether it's acutely right now or down the line, we're all going to be suffering because of this reckless behavior. I think they're causing something very big right now to happen. And I don't, I think that if they're, they know there aren't consequences, they're going to continue to do this shit and they'll be able to wriggle out of consequences over and over. And that's the case for bigger government and bigger, more regulations. Yas queen. Yeah. It's, it's, and it's the same people who say that it's government overreach to, you know, forgive student loans or to give, you know, the the, the child tax credit that lifted right. so many kids out of fucking poverty. Right. You know, we're talking hundreds of dollars <laughs> or thousands <laughs> of dollars versus how like it's government overreach when it's helping people. But when it's helping corporations or banks or people who don't fucking need any help because they're millionaires billionaires whatever mm-hmm. then it's not government overreach then it's what we need to do for the economy and for capitalism and for da, 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 da. And it's like it's such a fucking joke you know and it's we need the shit needs to be regulated and you know when in 2018 with that that deregulation that trump um um put into place that reduced the oversight of the small and the mid-sized banks. Like we're not, we're not making moves in the right direction. Um, And it's so, I mean, the hypocrisy of the right is always fucking galling and it's present in every fucking, like every thread of every issue. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, we'll talk about what's his name? Randy. uh, uh, What's his name? Lieutenant Governor uh, Randy, 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 Randy (laughs) McNally. Yeah, we'll get to him. Speaking of hypocrisy. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's just it's it shouldn't be possible for this to happen. Like we shouldn't be having this debate about whether or not the government should come in and, you know, forgive this, bail it out, whatever. Um, 
it shouldn't be able to get to that point. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like we shouldn't be deciding what to do now. It shouldn't be possible for it to happen. And it's just, God, money's fake. I just <laughs> want to go, go live in the woods. I um, know. Yeah. Government overreach. Just fucking. <laughs> there was yeah. this meme that was, um, looks like it's from like a 90s cartoon. And it's like a guy um, who, and the, text over it is venture capitalist and the guy is like holding out um a a butterfly that's kind of like almost in its hand and the butterfly is like legitimate criticism and then um under the text it's just the question is this a rwandan genocide <laughs> like you know because i was just kind of like that is how they're making it feel like they're just like feeling the the, the self victimization like they're they their self-perception of what's going on mm-hmm. has been wild to witness. It's like, I mean, I was even listening to um, Crooked Media, like the Pod Save America guys were talking mm-hmm. about it. They had money there and they had their credit cards there. And mm. so they were like, yeah, we are not sure if we're going to get that money back or like where if that money's going to get recouped. And I just, I, but it, it feels very, uh, Look, there's a lot of things that are unfortunate about it, but overall, um, like I would say, in case any tech people are listening and they're not, mm-hmm. um, we're not really, that's not really our base, uh, I'm pretty sure. But I would just say, like, it would go a long way to, um, if you stopped sort of victimizing yourselves, romanticizing what you do, and then um, just acknowledge that it's hypocrisy. And not, you know, yeah. like that would be super cute. If I would love that. Happen. That would make yeah. me feel less burning rage, but only yeah. a little. Yeah. And Biden says all the people who have money there will get their money and that taxpayers won't be paying for it. That will be covered by the fees banks pay into the federal deposit insurance fund. But I'm pretty sure. I mean, that they'll charge people higher fees. Mm hmm to pay for that yes they will so maybe it's not directly paying taxes but you're still paying for it um, the banks are just going to calculate how much yeah. more does the overdraft fee have to be to, to that's the this. fucking when i think of banks i think of fucking overdraft fees and it's like mm-hmm. hurting the little people like it's yeah. just like mm, these villainous institutions but like i still bank with becu mm-hmm. shout out um not for profit credit union every like you're a part it's it's the way to go. And like now I'm on the East coast. So it's, it can be tricky sometimes because it's not, there aren't any actual BECU offices here, but they have partner banks and stuff, but I feel a lot better about it because it's like, I'm not, I, I'm, I, you know, the banks could do what they want to do and I'm not going to be part of it. Um, yeah. Which I, but I still care about it because I'm not a Republican who only cares about things that affect me directly, you know? <laughs> um so yeah moral of the story uh banks don't be so naughty please <laughs> everything should be a fucking credit like we just we don't need the the, the places where profits are happening mm-hmm. in this country are fucked mm-hmm. you know healthcare, prison i guess the amount of prisons that oh, are technically yeah. for profit isn't as much as i thought but it's still a fucking thing yeah um yeah everything's <laughs> everything's broken and the people who get rich are the people that are already fucking rich and then they convince 
you know, working class people and middle class people that their interests are the same and it's just this yeah this fucking ruse it's awful it's really awful and like you say like with the credit union union um it's sort of like part of why i feel like this is not over and it's not um like the credit union is okay now but it might not you know there's like yeah. the cascading effect of community banks and poor community banks are like we weren't a part of this like yeah there's the small community ones there's the mid-sized ones the big four or five, whatever huge ones. But like, um, this is like potentially just the ramifications we don't know, but it, it already feels like the ripples are being felt. There was news a couple of days ago, like Credit Suisse, Credit Suisse, <laughs> um, like more of a European institution, but like their stock fell like 97%. And it was a combination of like people knowing that they weren't doing great. They had kind mm-hmm. of overextended themselves and then um, their Saudi banker uh, financier who, like, owns 9.7% of their stock or something said, like, some in some interview, they were, um, he was asked, like, would you put more money in? And he, he said no. But he also said – he said no because a- after 10%, like, there's a whole bunch of other stuff that kicks in with, like, regulations and responsibilities and all this other stuff. So he was kind of like, no, because of this reason. But mm-hmm. it did still rock the market. It was like, I got a push notification from the New York Times that was like, Saudi banker says he won't finance – he won't reinforce, like, Credit Suisse. And it's sort of like, okay, c- let's all calm down. Like, yes, but it was because they asked him – it's not like he just, like, shouted from the rooftops, like – I'm no longer, I'm not putting any more money. So I just feel like every little um, news like item that's coming out about this is freaking people out. And it's Mm -hmm. just going to, and that's just going to keep happening until it trickles all the way down to all of us who like were nowhere near Silicon Valley bank and didn't fucking have billions of dollars that we were just playing around with of other people's money. And then like the corporate overlords, they are, you know, cause the whole thing. Yeah. Boo and hiss. Boo and hiss. Let's move to Randy McNally. <laughs> My lord. Oh. Um, Randy McNally, Lieutenant Governor in Tennessee. Um, we'll remember Tennessee for the fucked up public dra- drag ban, um, etc., mm-hmm. which Randy supported. Um so he I still am like a mildly flabbergasted by this this man um on his official lieutenant governor Instagram account Mm -hmm. for years has been commenting on many different um queer men's content um but it, it came to light recently that on this particular um particular individuals uh posts so including a photo of base this guy's ass and he was wearing like only undies um this randy comments you can turn a rainy day into rainbow and sunshine and then also posted a comment that was just hearts and flames um and then there's another post um where he posted a heart emoji with the man was like pulling his undies down um and apparently so this guy this the person who like these posts were posted by um is 20 and the posts 
Randy's comments on these posts started four years ago. Oh. Let's do a little math. 20 minus 4. 16. Um, interesting. The, like, I again, hypocrisy. Republicans saying that, like, drag queens and gay people and trans people are groomers and these, mm-hmm. like, you know, sexual deviants and all this shit. And fucking Randy McNally is over there commenting on, like, 16-year-olds thirst traps you know um uh fucked up i i will say interesting that he didn't like deny it he didn't say he was hacked um but he said that he was just trying to encourage and engage with his constituents Mm. which like (laughs) no 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 that is just like the most fucking (laughs) ridiculous thing i've ever heard in my entire fucking life um and he uh, mcnally says he doesn't he's not anti-gay um and he like points to the fact that he opposed in 2022 or 2020 he opposed um a law that would make it so that uh taxpayer funding of faith-based foster care and adoption agencies um basically they wanted to exclude lgbtq families and he didn't support that but he also is against gay marriage um and again supported the the bill to um ban drag in public and basically said drag was obscenity um so it's like mm, like randy let's let's say randy is straight sure um (laughs) let's say that he is clearly getting some sort of enjoyment from these queer individuals who he follows and engages with on Instagram. And then he turns around and like legislates and supports legislation in opposition to them. Um, and obviously like not all queer people are painted with the same brush, like gay men and drag Queens and trans individuals. One person can be all three, three Mm. people can, you know, it's like, there is this tendency I think to lump um, together but at the same time it's like he's clearly legislating against queer people in general like of <laughs> of all the letters yeah. and he's meanwhile commenting flame emojis on mm. you know 16 well he's 20 when he commented on the, the the flame emojis i don't know if he did flame emojis when he was 16 or or what the comments specifically were then but um yeah, Randy, 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 what you, what you, what you doing there, Butteroo? Um, yeah. So yeah, just and it's also like it's, I hate this trope that like all homophobes are like closeted because that's also not true, and I feel like right. that like kind of like demonizes queer people in another way mm-hmm. um but there that's that seems to be the case in this specific instance I don't. I'm not going to speak to someone else's sexuality, but if you're making comments implying that you're attracted to somebody, I, I don't know, Randy, but yeah, I just, I mean, 2023, what are you up to? You know, what are you up to? <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you spotlighted that. It's yeah. very, um, mm. Mm-mm-mm. Randy, Randy, Randy. Hate, hate to see it. Hate to see it. Hate to see it. Uh, 
Oh, man. Um, are there any other news items we wanted to uh, cover? Um, I don't, just a quick shout out to the fact that, um, it was recently equal pay day and I learned that, um, in the last 20 years, there actually hasn't really been any progress in terms of equal pay for women. Um, shout out to that. Shout out to that where women make less on the dollar than men. Um, and it's worse for women of color. Um, and in the last 20 years, more than half, uh, at this point, more than half of graduates of law school are women. Um, more than half of graduates of college in general are women, half of med school graduates are, are women. Um, but that increase in, in pay isn't, isn't seen. And there's, there are some factors like women, um, either leaving the, the workforce or going to part-time because of childcare, but that in and of itself points to a gendered problem because I, I, the people who have children, I think it's about 50-50 men and women, right? So mm-hmm. why is it so much more of a burden for women? And then uh, even when they accounted for those, all of the differences like that, there was still a gap um, that hasn't closed. So cool. Uh, pay me. And um, the, the other thing I wanted to <laughs> spotlight from... Uh, from that is that um, women are likely are more likely to experience backlash when they ask for raises or ask for more money. So mm. fun. We're going to pay you less. And if you ask for more, we're going to be mad about it. Mm. Yeah, that's really fun. Cute, 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 cute. And there's also the, the fields that are quote unquote, traditionally more women tend to be paid less. Yeah. Wow. So. Hmm. Cute. So that's one thing that since we started the podcast, I guess, hasn't changed. I assumed uh, I assumed it had been getting slowly better over time, but it appears no, not so seems much. Seems like just like the minimum wage. It stays the same. <laughs> yeah, all these other things change yet. And then you saw yeah. people like talking about government handouts for like making more money hourly. And it's like you should be able to afford to live where you work. Oh, Aaron, but then oh, maybe, maybe they're going to have to fire some. They're not going to be able to afford Bootstraps. Bootstraps. Oh, bootstraps. No. Yeah. So. Mm. <laughs> bluster, bluster. Blustery babies. Bluster fuck. Bluster fuck. TM. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. 2018. Uh, to now. <laughs> My God. Like. I was thinking about it and like in my like personal life there definitely I mean I went from like arguably decades of like bad <laughs> dating thing dec- yeah I guess mm-hmm. decades is, is accurate mm-hmm. um to meeting my life partner my husband and having a baby and moving across the country um getting my RN license again, um, these things that aren't good. Um, and I, when I think about what I was really concerned about, like personally at the time, I like really felt like I was never going to find like a good partner. Mm -hmm. Um, and that occupied a lot of my, like my brain. Um, 
really thought it was just never gonna fucking happen and it did and now it's like i have other things i'm concerned (laughs) with but in terms of like the larger world like all of the issues we have today didn't like pop out of nowhere Mm -hmm. (laughs) a lot of them either were happening then but weren't as reported on or they were just a little more under the under the hood you know it's not like it's not like there weren't anti-semitic people Mm -hmm. five years ago but there does seem to be and there is a there's been an activation Mm -hmm. um of them and then on the flip side i would you know police brutality was just as bad five years ago um racism was just as bad five years ago uh but with video recordings and and more aware it's become something that people are more aware of now um people have been homophobic and transphobic forever but now there are record numbers of of bills and, and attempts to legislate away people's civil rights on that front the supreme court's changed uh judge appointments have changed who's in office has changed but like we see this this inching towards fascism and then like a little inch away and then more um and that's concerning and that's happening in other countries as well and then there are also places that are rejecting it so it's it's just sort of like in some ways it feels like we are sliding very very bad Mm -hmm. (laughs) very bad direction not good um but a lot of the ways that we are sliding it's like we've there were red flags there were alarm bells that should have been going off some of which were some of which weren't and so it's like i'm, I'm always grappling with like hist- when we look at history such as horror films and the biopics uh, important things you see you see important things when we look at history it's like we see awful shit and we see atrocities and we see reflections of what we're doing now and it's it's like, are we going to be careening towards the end? Or is this going to be a chapter in history that we're like, oh, and then we we fixed some stuff kind of. And then in another however many years, we'll revisit it again. Like, I don't know where it's going. I hope that we're actually going to <laughs> solve some of these issues because we could. Mm-hmm. Like maybe when as more and more old people die um no offense how is mitch mcconnell doing i know he's out of the hospital i think oh oh ah, that's i know mm, uh, it's a thing it's a fact it's a fact forever i mean when i saw he was being treated for a concussion in the hospital i was like there's more to it you don't get treated for like the treatment for concussion is rest yeah I mean, I guess you could take medications for like pain or for nausea or for some of the associated symptoms, but there's no like. So I was like, "Ooh, maybe there's some. Ooh, maybe it's more." Ooh, I mean, remember how he had that like <sighs> hand that was like blotchy, dark? Yeah, because like... from his fall, he's got a history of falls. Mm. Um, I think from his like childhood polio or some shit. Oh. Um, he doesn't. Yeah, he's got some some issues from that. Um, just retire, and I don't have to question my humanity. When I know. You fall, I go to the hospital, Mitch McConnell. <laughs> just I don't. Get I don't have to have an internal moral crisis about. Am I happy about this misfortune? Like, yeah, I was because he's kind of fucking evil. And but then you catch yourself yeah. in the moment, and you're like, oh. oh gosh, if I'm 
relishing in a human being suffering am I better and it's like no I am better than Mitch McConnell because yeah like if Hitler had a boo-boo you know I wouldn't be like oh ouchie poor baby it's like no some people are shitty and like are net negatives in the world and the thing yeah I don't think Mitch McConnell would be at all offended by me calling him evil I think he would get a little twinkle in his eye over it like I don't think he likes it which makes you feel like maybe I Reaper. he he said he likes that so exactly so I'm like oh god am I like when I say he's evil is that does he like it I don't either way he's fucked up and it's like when the headline when Trump had COVID and you're like "Mm, oh okay the best hour on Twitter ever (laughs) yeah sometimes a person leaving this earthly plane (laughs) prevents further harm from being caused (laughs) and it's an uncomfortable truth but you know what when Mitch McConnell fell I hoped at the very least maybe he'd retire but we'll see he's gonna fucking outlive us all I I don't don't know where those horcruxes are stashed but he has he's got them hidden he's he has them but Uh, I digress uh, last five years yeah last five years um more than just a Broadway show. <laughs> it's like, oh, so bye. Deep cut. I know. <laughs> there was a moment where I thought, should I say that or not? And I went with yes. 200th episode. Seek Let's your celebrate. truth. Sully, Sully. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I was, I had a lot of similar um, personal concerns in the fall of 2018. I was dating someone who was not who made me sad um (laughs) and uh was yeah just overall concerned like oh is this kind of what I deserve or is this like am I gonna be with this person or am I gonna uh, you know and if not this person I don't think I'll like I won't surely I won't find someone better um Mm -hmm. and then um I did the next year 2019 so that was really nice um and has like (laughs) that's like the understatement of the century it's like the best thing that's ever happened um to me uh so (laughs) I think that that was definitely probably personally the single biggest thing that's happened in the last five years and um it's nice like looking back and just thinking like a lot of the stuff that was taking up like you said like a big part of my brain space is now not because it's I'm not I'm very happy um personally so that's very wonderful um I think that like you said there's a lot of stuff that was happening in 2018 that feels like it's really been ramped up recently like and it's interesting because it feels like there were moments where for instance like major like you know racism within the systemic racism in policing was exposed with George Floyd in 2020 and the Black Lives Matter movement um but then there was this like virulent backlash you know mm-hmm. for towards like just progress um and uh that is kind of what we're experiencing now in like getting rid of like the um the African American studies course and these um like 
AP history or like trying to remove like I saw an article about like removing Rosa Parks and racism from the Rosa Parks story like in a math what? textbook I was just like what the fuck so um but anyway so there's a lot of that going on and that type of um trying to uh just whitewash history hide it just yeah yeah just hide it or like you know and that is a step towards fascism that is very serious like trying to rewrite history trying to um you know yeah make people like this whole like pride in the country like you can have you can be proud of your country in some ways and also be critical of like the dark shit that you know got us where we are and like Mm -hmm. it's racist underbelly you know that you want to expose and heal uh but so there's kind of more i feel like virulent strains of um censorship and like it's 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 kind of coming out with um Ron DeSantis knowing exactly what to say to like um trip, you know just trip up people um trigger people like and using like the term woke which just like should be retired for absolutely ever um I think that, like, we, I, yeah, I forget if you explicitly said it, but Roe was overturned. Mm-hmm. And in 2018, in the fall, that was when Kavanaugh was um, nominated um, mm-hmm. there and Christine Blasey Ford testified. And that was a huge moment. You and I were, I think that there's, uh, and this is, and, you know, the pandemic hadn't happened. Uh, the rhetoric, the anti-trans rhetoric, again, like, had, was happening, of course, because it's, you know, but there wasn't this like very specific, um, targeted all the bills that were that are now coming out. Like, and Biden's president, but like there seems to be this like harnessing of this collective somehow, like just just um, hatred, rage, ignorance towards the trans community. It's like really upsetting. Um, reflecting on like the first time I cried on this podcast, it was when we were trying to talk about jk rowling and how um upsetting it is and she can she just said something recently i mean her her rhetoric against the trans community it really continues to break my heart Mm -hmm. it's like i still cry about it and i cried about it in 2019 or whenever the first time it came up she has double triple quadrupled fucking down and yeah she's a she's a hateful hateful person yeah and it's really really awful um why 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 is this the hill that so many people are choosing to die on today like why trans people have been around since people have been around mm-hmm. why i see people saying like oh it's not right like that's not you're born a woman or a man like one that's not true like scientifically two it's like we shouldn't have to talk about people scientifically because people mm-hmm. aren't fucking science projects but like it's fucking doctors science. everyone agrees no trans people are fucking trans people and you are the gender that you are that you say that you are and like that's kind of the fucking end of it and mm-hmm. you know blue used to be traditionally a color girls wore and pink was a color that boys wore and things mm-hmm. change over time cult- shit shifts who get who the fuck cares um but people are deciding now that we need to legislate the fuck out of this in a way that just hurts hurts violently trans people and for what like even if it 
even if the, they, these people were right and they're like, it's not right. It's not science. Like, what do you know about science? Who the fuck would care? Why do you care? Why right. do you give a shit? Yeah. How somebody identifies, how they dress, who, who, why do we, why do you care? Why do you care? Why do you care? I, it baffles me until the end of, and it will till the end of time. Like it just doesn't, yeah. it makes no fucking sense. Like, yeah, it's just, it's hateful. It's evil. It's ignorant. It's fucked up. It's, and I'm so, I'm so worried about where this is going to go. And I, yeah. I hope that it will, it will fucking stomp mm-hmm. um, rather than continue down this path. And it's like all these drag bands and obviously drag queens and trans people are like, you can be trans and a drag queen or king, mm-hmm. but it's not different. <laughs> these yeah. are different things. Right. Um, but these drag bands, they're a slippery slope because it's like, if they're written away where it's like, you know, wearing clothing that doesn't, conform with your gender but they're not going by the gender the person says that they are they're going by whatever the person has the sex at birth or whatever Mm -hmm. that's opening the door to basically outlawing being a trans person Mm -hmm. like these these denials of of medical care for kids that they need like fucking why do these people think they know better than than doctors than people themselves like you're not hurting anybody by being trans or by being cis inherently in who you are like yeah fucking grow up get over yourself and if you have a problem with it like look inside yourself and see Mm -hmm. why you are so broken that you feel like you need to do something that hurts other people because either you don't understand them or you're afraid like there's nothing to be afraid of just get your head out of your fucking ass yeah 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 no very well said yeah i get angry well it's like and it's so you know so insidious and ugh. interesting because then that's what jk rowling said about the trans community she called them insidious and misogynistic recently which was like interesting really interesting mm. and that's like the nicest word for it uh interesting like um really it really makes me sad like it it makes me angry but it's funny like you get more angry i feel myself just very sad this one yeah. saddens me in a way that like I, I like, I'm told, I share your worry about where it's going to go, where it's going. Um, and I really, I think that especially women, like women who don't understand this or women who are not allies with trans women, mm-hmm. uh, that one, it, it, like, I, I, I keep thinking, like, I really need to think through my thoughts. And even though we have a podcast and we talk about this shit, like, I still feel like I'm not articulate enough when it comes to like women supporting trans trans women you know or like what why it really like i i this like exclusion of other women in our space like is so upsetting to me and so um unnecessary mm-hmm. and like you know this perceived danger is coming from nothing nowhere nothing. there's no case studies on it there is nothing like how fucking like you don't have any ground to stand on in this like space so you're gonna create ghosts you know you're creating Mm -hmm. things that don't exist and I guess it's just like why wouldn't we as women want to make other women feel more comfortable envelop them in a safe space you know in a space that is like 
you know, welcome them into a, into a community that yes, like women broadly have have had struggles and like but as white women we're at the top of that ladder and like are doing pretty well generally um speaking or cis cis or bi white women like we're you know we're doing okay like we're not but like we still experience the pay gap we still experience like sexism in different ways and i wouldn't and violence you're right thank you and like why wouldn't we want to just like help welcome others into our space and away from violence away from feeling excluded you know Mm -hmm. I like so I don't know I the overwhelming feeling for me is sadness and then sometimes it's fatigue because I'm just sort of like I know that they're like smart other or otherwise smart like otherwise considering themselves liberal like people who just can't get there on this and I feel like um, tired and and frustrated, like I somehow have some sort of intellectual deficiency that I can't argue my way to them. You know, I can't get them, and I don't. Um, I don't know, like what is going to be persuasive to get some people where I want them to be on this, right? Um, because it's like it's they're not coming from a place of logic or empathy. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's hard to know what to do with that. And there's this weird gatekeeping. And it's like, I've seen the argument that it's like, well, trans women don't understand what it's like to like grow up facing sexism because they grow up with male privilege. And it's like every human being has a different struggle. A trans person has a struggle that they go through that a cis woman can't understand. Mm-hmm. You know, like a woman of color goes through experiences that a white woman can't ever fully understand. Mm -hmm. Like we can't, we need to stop gatekeeping and excluding other women because they're not like us in some way that we define. Right. Like if you say you're a woman, you're a woman. That's the end of it. Let's all fucking get together and figure it out. Like we need to stop pushing each other out of things. It's like all this like infighting and and whatnot in so many different ways just doesn't it just keeps like the old white boys Mm -hmm. like hanging out counting their billions of dollars and yes the venture capitalists are over there going we're earning billions well you guys why don't you all keep screaming at jk rowling and why doesn't she keep screaming like why don't you all just keep arguing while we make all the money (laughs) like yeah it's like no let's just stop being fucked up evil people who are trying to deny civil rights to trans people for no like it's yeah for what reason this is already the most marginalized group of people in the most danger you know most vulnerable community like come on i mean if you don't understand it the you know it doesn't hurt you to just shut the fuck up about it take a take a back seat you don't have to be you don't have to talking to a microphone about something you don't understand. You don't have to write an op-ed. You don't no. have to really do anything. You could just like, you could go, hey, you know what? I don't understand, but I'm not, I'm just going to be silent. I'm going to sit in the back. I'm going to mm-hmm. sit this one out and I'm going to just like watch, listen, learn, you know, but you don't have to participate in every single thing. Like, no, if you don't understand, maybe you should try to. That too. And, <laughs> you know, and if you can't, then you can't. But like at the very least, people need to fucking understand that being trans does not make you a threat to any fucking buddy. Mm-hmm. Like there's nothing dangerous. There's, there's nothing bad. There is nothing scary about being trans or trans people. Like what, what, what is, what? 
Yeah. People. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. So that, I mean, that has come, that has really become a big thing. I think it wasn't as uh, much in the news as a part of the conversation as it, you know, in 2018. Um, I mean, we honestly didn't even, I mean, Roe wasn't overturned at that point. That's a big thing, but we saw it coming. We mm-hmm. were sounding the alarm. Um, RBG was still alive. AOC Ugh. wasn't elected yet. We didn't even know who she was yet. Oh, um, AOC. You know, we thought maybe like Elizabeth, we didn't think Joe Biden would be president. I mean, we hoped that it wouldn't <laughs> be Trump, but we didn't think it would be fucking choosing between Joe Biden. Um, you know, I think like tech and AI are speeding up as is global mm. warming. Like both things are really feeling like they are accelerating. I saw a statistic that was like the all of the or 80 percent of data in the world is generated has been generated in the last two years and that it will be true again like exponentially like in uh, two years that will be 80 percent and geez. like so that's kind of it just is a little bit mind-blowing so feels like that's evolving really well past us and past like the average person's ability to like keep up mm-hmm. um and honestly global warming like we're seeing the effects in what feels like uh, like every summer there's more wild quote unquote unprecedented weather events from wildfires to smoke to floods to like that ice shelf in Antarctica that's called like the doomsday shelf or something. And it's about to, I I had it last week as a we see you, but it's supposed to be slipping into the ocean, something the size of like Florida, like any day now. And that's going to cause like the level of the ocean to rise maybe three meters or something like it's, Mm like spooky pythons <laughs> and fucking pythons i noticed i was telling aaron before we got on the call this was very spooky push notification too again new york times you're getting real fast and loose with the push notification <laughs> um the pyth that pythons are like migrating north of fucking florida because florida once again can't be trusted and is breeding these pythons and now they're like with global warming like they're mm, the environment they can live longer and they're like they are reproducing and there's so many pythons it freaks me the fuck out Ugh, ugh, and all like the canals in Florida, apparently, and like oh. Fort Myers and in Marco Island, where like Campbell's family has a condo. They're like, oh, those canal areas in Naples. It's like, oh, I hate oh, snakes. Oh my god, <laughs> snakes are the worst. There's a reason they're supposed to represent the devil. They're devilish. <laughs> this anti-snake propaganda. I know. <laughs> it's truly too much for me. They have their place in in the world and in mm. <laughs> and in the environment and shit. But yeah, I I I work. They do, but I don't I don't want not in my backyard. <laughs> You're nimby with the python. Nimby with the python. Stay in the rainforest and stay in Florida. And you know, which is, I mean, really like with there are going to be so many impacts of the climate crisis that we can't predict or that like. And with these pythons moving north, what else is going to happen? Where, who else is going to go where? What animals will no longer be with us? What animals are going to be fucking everywhere, fucking up the, <laughs> the communities and the ecosystems and eating all that? Like, the, 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 there are so many far-reaching um, impacts of the climate crisis, and it is so scary. Oh, it's so scary. <sighs> um, 
I guess like the last thing just to say on this and, and is I worry that like when we started the podcast in 2018, we were super fired up because it mm-hmm. was we were in the middle of Trump's second year. It was really awful. Um, and like he was doing crazy, scary stuff. But like that's like we're experiencing the repercussions of all those deregulations and all of those, all of his actions and his Supreme Court nominations. Like now they're making those decisions, the the, the Supreme Court or like there's all this downstream effects that we're feeling them now. And while it felt like a five alarm fire five years ago, it's still a five alarm fire. But I feel I worry that I've been like so de- demoralized that, and like a lot of this has been normalized um like what's going on and it's just um it feels like sometimes I just like worry like are we frogs in hot warm water that's Mm. like warming you know I guess not to end this like reflection on like the most (laughs) dire note but I do feel alive (laughs) I mean I worry that that's um I worry. I don't, I just don't know where things are going. And like, I hope that there's, I hope, Hey, with all the romanticizing about, you know, Silicon Valley, they, they love to say they're the American innovators, then solve climate, solve global warming. You fucks. Like, you know, if you're actually doing, do something useful. Like I don't want anyone else jetting off to the moon just to prove that you have a spaceship. No more of the self-driving vehicles that are just killing people in like Texas. Just, solve like figure out how to get methane out of like the air you know figure out how to like i don't know do some shit that's actually useful with your degrees <laughs> like yeah and your money figure i know throw money at it yeah you know you love throwing money at things or taking money from people like just throw the money and solve it and you'd still these fucking dudes would still have more money than they could spend in their entire than them and their grandchildren and their children and their great-grandchildren could spend their entire fucking lives yeah it's just it's oh my god it's awful and that's yeah with the frogs in the water it's like i worry about complacency and it's it's also just it's so fatiguing to be a an informed member of the world and it's also i think part of what can be disheartening is it's like with a litany of shit that is either off the rails veering off the rails thanks for the train deregulation um or you know it, it spooky things on the horizon like no one human being like can put their full force behind fighting all of these things. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, how do you choose between what, you know, like how do you one work, whatever job you need to work to make the money to live in this capitalistic hellscape (laughs) Uh to like meet whatever family or personal obligations that you have as a human being three fight against any slash all of these issues for take some sort of care of yourself as a human being and sleep at night. And like, like, it's just, you know, like I, if I see some, if I am engaging with someone, they say something shitty, I will engage and I will speak up. Like when I have the budget for it, like I'll, I donate monthly to different causes, but I can't, Mm -hmm. I can't afford to donate to all the causes I care about. I can't even afford to donate to the ones that I do already donate to. Like I, I'll volunteer, you know, when people are running for office and I'll call people, but like, I can't do that all day every, you know, and it's just like, I feel like no matter what I do, it's like a, 
it's barely a ripple in the sea, you know, mm-hmm. and I could always be doing more. And then I feel guilty when I'm not doing more, but then it's also like, well, I'm also a human being yeah. with my own fucking issues, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's just, it's so, and it's so defeating because it's like the people who have the power, mm-hmm. like the, the amount of power I have versus the amount of power like Elon fucking Musk has, or, you know, any of these, rich white boys have like it's laughable and it sucks and it's like yes we have power in numbers if we all Mm -hmm. come together but like we're not (laughs) (laughs) and it you know and we can't to like separate us you know divide us so that they can keep making all the money at the top exactly and so it's just so it's like I'm never I'm I'm never going to stop trying to like to make the world a better place um to fight for what's right but it, it is hard because it's sometimes you feel silly like you feel like you're running this race that's not even on a real track that someone built and it's like it's not actually going anywhere you know mm-hmm. like and it's like yeah we can I mean you have to do what you feel is right at the end of the day to live with yourself or some of us do I mean mm-hmm. Mitch but <laughs> it's it's just hard feeling like what feeling like you can see the world ending and how it can and the millions of ways it could go mm-hmm. and the millions of solutions to yeah. all these issues like a lot of these problems we're talking about like there are real solutions but like we won't implement them because of like the greedy motherfuckers at the top and it's 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 depressing yeah but i mean at least at least we care at least we care put that on my tombstone she yeah. cared <laughs> She left a led a life of no consequence, but God no. damn it, she cared, you know. Oh my gosh, Ugh. no. Anyway, great note. <laughs> Thanks for bringing us to the frogs, Maria. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. I really. Uh... Do you have any good any good things that you study optimism to end on? I will. I mean, this isn't necessarily a good thing, as all the good things start. <laughs> um, but it's something that I thought in in this vein and the thinking of how an individual can make um, an impact when well, I took a screenshot I have to scroll through all the pictures of my daughter <laughs> um, she's so cute so um, in I know it's in Nebraska there's a state senator who's been filibustering for like oh three yes weeks. what's her name uh, Michaela Kavanaugh no relation wow yeah. um, <laughs> has been filibustering for three weeks in, ne- in Nebraska and isn't going to stop until Republicans drop their bill attacking LGBTQ youth. Um, yeah. And she said, I have nothing but time. If you want to inflict pain on children, I will inflict pain on this body. Yeah. And she's just been like, she was talking about like the the plot to Madagascar and just like, and that's yeah. the thing. It's like this one person is holding up this, this bill, you know? Mm-hmm. Um. So it's nice to see someone in public office who has, like, she has, she's one person, but she, she has some power here, yeah, you know, and like, she's standing up against plenty of people um, to do this and, you know, hats off. Like, yeah. that's, that, it's inspiring to see that kind of thing. Like, because there are people like that who you see and it's like, you know, what, one person can, can make this, this impact. So, yeah. Cool. oh yes I think that's no that's totally that's that's the best good thing to end on I'm glad I'm glad you brought it up um 
And I think, like, honestly, just, like, happy 200 episodes. Yes. Um, here we are. Here we are. We've been, like, through it, through a whole pandemic. We've done it. Um, yeah, COVID have- happened. COVID <laughs> happened. We've continued to, like, just like a, just like a <laughs> stay regular. Um, but, like, we have we're reaching people in over 85 countries, lots of downloads throughout Europe and Australia and New Zealand. And I'm just like looking at our little stats and it's cool to see people like even in the last couple of months, like tons of lots of downloads in Turkey um, and a couple in Iran, India, like Kazakhstan, Azerbaijan, like all, like I'm, I'm really glad that we're reaching people in all these different countries um and uh like nigeria we have a bunch of downloads and um yeah it's really cool south america like brazil and argentina and chile and peru like yeah just looking it's really cool to see in all 50 states we reach people um regularly and you know i think that like it's sometimes we're I think we're our own harshest critics because we have our lives and you have a child and it's we're juggling a ton of stuff and we always think like oh you know oh we need to expand our audience and you know just work like but I think I think people are we're reaching people like across the world and we have been for five years and um yeah it's really cool so thank you to everyone who's listening and who has listened in the past and um I just really yeah, I'm proud of us. I, I love yeah. it. I think this is really cool. Go us. I wonder if any of those people in Chile are related to Pedro. Ooh, if you're a listener in Chile and you're related to Pedro, please, please contact us. Contact <laughs> us. We'd love we'd love to have him on. We'd love to have him on as a guest. Yes. Mm. Oh man. Oof. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know how I would uh, that'd be that'd be <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> that's a great way to sail into a Friday evening. Also, thanks uh, everyone for being patient with us. We've we had a week. We had quite a week. So we um, you'll get this on the weekend. And uh, anyway, all right. Well, Feminists Without Mystique is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. That's another thing. Like we're part of a network, which is cool. Yeah. Um, Frolic. Thanks for thanks for being our network. Um, find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media/podcast. Bye-bye.